3: This is Howler Back Now with me, Holland Roden, and iHeartRadio Podcast. Hey, guys, we're back for another episode of Howler Back Now, and we have a lovely lady that I have not seen in a while, but I admire her entire career on and off camera. Ladies and gentlemen, Jill Wagner, also known as Kate Argent. Oh, I love you. I love you, honey. You are like the big sister that I've never had. I remember when you came in on Teen Wolf and like your energy in the trailer was like, who is this pretty but tough girl? <laughs> 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 have you ever gotten that before? Like, I'm sure you have. You
1: know, it's it's weird. It's like I have, I, I really connect to my I guess you could say my, my male energy that I have. And maybe it's because I was raised by my, my dad and hung out with my dad's friends and my brother's friends. And so it was just like this male energy, but I think I've like, it rubbed off on me in some way. And, um, I think I'm yeah, usually a little bit tougher than, than the average chick, but you know, I I'm still I'm still a sissy sometimes.
3: <laughs> I, I I felt, I maybe that's where I felt like a kinship towards you because um, we both were very good friends with Ian Bowen and Ian Bowen yes. is like such a rough and tumbled child. Bobo oh. Bobo is, he puts a smile on your face and makes you roll yeah. your eyes at the same time. <laughs> um, you know, I think he was the first. So when we went to Atlanta, I think
1: he might've been the first person, the first castmate that I actually met because I... I, I, I was went gonna ask
3: you that. <laughs>
1: yeah, I think I went downstairs and he was, gosh, I can't really remember exactly, but I, but somehow I think we wound up at a bar. <laughs> Shocker. Like, Shocker. like, you want to go get grab a drink? And I was like, "All okay. right." Like, it, and it just was this automatic kind of like, he's, I've known him forever. We, you know, and, and uh, that's a, a lovely thing about filming a show and being with people is that you know not everyone but some people you you get you find this connection with and you wind up having lifelong friends and i've done it with almost every single one of my projects and i think that's what i love most about our world is the relationships and how close you get to people because when you are doing a show or a movie or whatever i mean that's your that is your family you know mm-hmm. and you learn really intimate details about one another and you go through the highs and the lows and it's, and it's just a beautiful thing. And I, and I treasure it,
3: you know, it is like, because of what we do, there's this fine line between like, a you know, like you said, just getting in the trenches and it's like a big group therapy session, depending on the, t- you know, the material of the project as well. And so, yeah. And it's oddly
1: enough, I find that sometimes I open up more to my fellow actors than I do even to my family Mm. and my close friends, which is, and I think I do that because we are such emotionally driven creatures. You know what I mean? That's what we do for a living. We analyze emotions and we put it out there. And, and I think I, and there's a part of me that feels really safe talking to other actors about personal stuff too. You know what I mean? That mm-hmm. I that I kind of maybe am a little tougher and hide from my family because I'm like, they don't they don't want to hear all that.
3: <laughs> I grew up in Texas as the tomboy playing sports. And I'm assuming you had a similar yep. um, situation in North Carolina. Yeah. And in Winston Salem, North Carolina. Winston um, Salem. <laughs> how big is that population? Oh, uh, well, actually, it's funny. I claim
1: Winston Salem, but I'm actually from a little town called Wahlberg. Oh, we get smaller. And- it's small. Yeah, it's smaller. I I never say Wahlberg because everybody's like, where's that? So for me, to, I'm just like, I'm from Winston-Salem because it's about 20 minutes away from, from Wahlberg. But no, and how Wahlberg big is Wahlberg? Is, I don't even know the current population. I just know that it was super small. We didn't have, I don't think we had a stoplight. Um, no, so this is under 5K. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. the town that I live in now is 800. No. Yeah. I did
3: not know you all were that small.
1: Yeah, we're like teleco Plains is like. I mean, I'm sure it's. I'm sure it's a little over that now. I think that's what's on the internet. But um, it, we are. I mean, it's like Mennonites with their horse and buggies. And I mean, that's my traffic situation there, moving from Los <laughs> Angeles to
3: that. You don't have the Tesla horse yet, the electric horse. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Not yet, but when it comes to L.A., because you just like, I'll test it for you and let you know go. how it
3: is. Yeah, I was to say, you know, I grew up with that identity of like the soccer player and the dancer. And, you know, so for, for me, it was, I was almost, it wasn't an embarrassment to be an actor, but it was this vulnerability that I, mm-hmm. I felt odd sharing. I felt like I had two different identities. Yeah, and yeah. I don't know if you felt that same thing yep. where you when you came totally. to Los Angeles, it was like you do get to reinvent yourself and people can see you in a completely different light where I had this um, almost like a secret that I wanted to storytell. And for some reason that was viewed as not necessarily a weakness, but an exposed, you know, wound almost in Texas. Um For sure. Yeah,
1: yeah, I totally agree with you. I had a similar experience. And I think that even in my scenes, like I wasn't a, a person that grew up kind of emoting my oddly enough, my emotions, I really, really kept everything behind doors. And I was, you know, that stoic chick that never cried and this and that. But some of my scenes that I would do forced me to have those emotions outwardly in front of people. And it kind of cracked me open in in a way, um, and I was like, "Wait a minute! All right, so the world isn't like coming to an end if I have an emotion." Like, you know, it it just took me a minute to get there because I've I've always looked up to my dad, who I find, you know, oddly enough, he he cries later on, and you know, he's seventy mm. what seventy four now. Now he's like emotional teddy bear, but before he was, you US know, marine. Obsessed tough Marine. And, Mm -hmm. you know, um, so I tried to emulate that. And, um, I find as you get older, you get a little wiser and you understand that like emotions and sharing them with people are what life is about.
3: And soft is like not (laughs) sappy. It's, it's, no, it's a good thing. Mm -hmm. And
1: as women, especially as women, we have this beautiful thing that God has given us this softness to us, And I think that a lot of time women think that that's, well, I did that being vulnerable and being soft was a weakness. And it's so not, it's a beautiful thing that a woman is given. And, and it's like, wow, why don't we, why don't we share that? And and I think that's something that people love about us, you know?
3: Yeah. I, that's one of the reasons, you know, I know that Hollywood's a, a very controversial place and it's, it's a lot of things, but the one thing I loved that, you know, acting and moving to Los Angeles gave me was that entire medium, that entire port, you know portal to, to have that outlet because I was the same one yeah. growing up. And, uh, I love that, Southern tough women can find such a home and a, a a bleeding heart that they can they can showcase and they can bring into their personal lives and I yeah. you know, it's really a healing process I think for for me when I became an actor and I was able to admit that I was an actor like it was like some sort of rehab center um like I am an actor and I'm aware of it yeah um well we
1: are in our own right we have this little group and I think we all kind of understand it to be therapy. And I feel like a lot of us feel like that. I know I certainly do.
4: Hey, everyone, it's Bethany Frankel. We are reliving the best moments from all the seasons of The Real Housewives on my new podcast, Rewives. From the table flips of New Jersey to the craziest hills of Beverly, no city will be spared. And I'm joined by my most fabulous celebrity friends that you will never expect to help me break down the drama. Kristen Chenoweth, Tori Spelling, Jerry Springer, Snooki, even Emmy winner Elizabeth Moss. The list goes on and on. So let's whoop it up and mention it all because you can binge episodes of Rewives right now with so much more to come. Listen to Rewives on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you listen to your podcasts.
0: Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, the co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your
4: podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back and this season we're taking on WASP. They held us in dog cages they starved us, they beat us,
2: they burned us, and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel, and unusual punishment.
4: After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire.
1: He was trying to brand us, so we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment
5: Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: So, when did you move to Los Angeles? So you were born in Wahlberg, then yeah. once in Salem, and then how did you how did you get into acting? I know you in two thousand one, you went to a modeling school. We've done our research. That's <laughs> funny. Back in the so, day, you know
1: it's so funny. Like I went. To that, I didn't actually go like I, it was kind of like they were having a contest where it was like, Oh, you could like be a model. And I was like, Look, I need money, <laughs> yeah, that's where <laughs> it came honest, from. Then it was, it was really as simple as paycheck, like, I need money, and I was like, I don't know, was I working at Abercrombie? I can't really remember at that point in my life what I was doing, but I know I was like odd jobs and this and that. And I was like, look, I heard that like models like get paid. Right.
3: Were you in school when this happened? So I was in college. Okay.
1: And so, yeah, I mean, I tried my stint at that, that kind of went nowhere. Um, Mm -hmm. But it did like kind of give me, I don't know, I guess the guts to kind of say, look, you don't have to live right in because I traveled a little bit with it. Right. So I went to New York and Miami and then I was thinking, well, I don't have to live in North Carolina because everybody I knew just stayed there. And that was just it. You just like, you have a 10 mile radius of where you grew up and that was it. Um, And so I kept thinking, well, what if there's something else out there that I just don't know about yet? You know, I don't necessarily knew, know that I was talking about a career I think I was just curious. I was just mm. really curious about what else is out there, you know, and and I've always been curious. And so my grandparents gave me like, I think it was $4,000 that they had saved up for me. Oh. And they were like, here, there you go. Was, all the grandkids get that when they graduated and they gave it to me and I was like, well, I'm rich now. <laughs> like I thought, oh my God, I can live like a year off of this. <laughs> Um, and the way I lived, I could, I could totally live. <laughs> I believe that. Old. And so, yeah, I just went out to Los Angeles, didn't really have any sort of a plan, had never acted before in my life, had never taken acting class, didn't do it in high school, didn't do it in college. Not because I didn't want to, it was because I didn't, it was like, no one kind of introduced me to it, to be so honest with you. you didn't connect you, the honestly. dots, yeah. I didn't connect the dots yet mm-hmm. and, and I'd never tried it. Um, because I was a sports chick I-, I liked basketball and um, so yeah and then went out to Los Angeles and just met people just from talking to people just talking to people becoming friends with people because I didn't know anybody and then I met a guy named Alex Fox and he oh. bent me off on this audition in which he was like I think you should audition for this show like you got this weird like kind of quirky personality where I think it would work for the show. Cause you, you don't know a lot about Hollywood and I think it would work for the show. I'm like, what show he's like, punked the show called punked in which you punk celebrities like yep. usher. And like, and I didn't know half of that was people. your first job was punked. That was like my first real acting job. And I remember in the audition process, I, he was like, so, you have to bring in a headshot and go. And I was like, what is an audition? He's like, it's a little bit like a, like a job interview. And I'm like, oh, I can do that. He was like, bring in a headshot and go to this address at this time. So what do I do? I take a Polaroid of my head because I have a a headshot. It's a headshot to me. That's what Mugshot
3: headshot, you know. I
1: walk (laughs) in there and there's all these beautiful, amazing actresses and models with these wonderful, you know, flawless eight by 10 glossy headshot. And I'm like, what is that? <laughs> like, everybody had them. anyway, I gave it to the girl and I was like, okay, like, I feel so stupid. And I remember Ashton was at that one. And he comes mm. out with mine. And he was like, who is this? He and I just, loved it. Yeah. Well, he thought I did it on purpose. And to which to this day, I've never
3: told him that I didn't do it. Oh, purpose. you need you need to write him like a little letter of a happy <laughs> holidays, by the way. And you should put a, a Polaroid of just your head again. But this time with your whole family. Like he thought I was
1: brilliant. Yeah, but that was it. That was, um, you know, he wow. for my audition, he was like, OK, so I auditioned. And then he was like, I want to take you up to um, Mulholland. You remember that was there's that um, uh, I think it's a Starbucks up on the top of Maholland in that little market. Anyway, we went there and he was like, okay, I'm going to like go in before you. And I just want you to go and like wreak havoc. And so I <gasps> went in, I was like, look, only thing is I was like, you got to get me out of jail. If I go to jail, he was like, okay, I'll get you out of jail. And, um, I just remember telling them that I was from North Carolina and I was really depressed because I used to be a barista and they retired my number. I was number two fifty seven in barista school. I made up all this shit. Anyway, like they you let probably me had back. so much fun. Did you? Or were you nervous? It was so much fun. I wasn't nervous because I just didn't know. I didn't even really know who Ashton was. Like I didn't know who anybody was when I was punking Usher. I thought he was an actor.
3: I didn't know who Usher was. I didn't I don't know really you played Mick G's worked. girlfriend. Was that
1: accurate? This yeah, is me not we're... researching.
3: This is me trying to remember. This is yeah. Not also,
1: didn't know who Mick G was. Had no clue who Mick G was. Like didn't and, do my and research. And you were punking Katie Holmes. <laughs> knew <laughs> who she was. knew she but was. yeah, but didn't really care. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I was just straight off the bus, and I was just like, I am from you know North Carolina, and I'm usually outside. I'm not near TV, and I'm just. I didn't know. I just didn't know what I was getting into. And then, um, you know, there was a really, really cool story that nobody knows about. Only very few people know about with Ashton uh, and Mm -hmm. me is, um, I booked a show called the North shore right after punked. I booked a Mm -hmm. show called the North shore and, um, I shot it with Peyton Reed and Jason Momoa and Christopher Blaha. Uh, A lot of people who I'm still friends with today. That's an
3: adventure group right there.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was. And it was probably one of the best shoots of my entire life. We had we were Mm -hmm. in Hawaii, had so much fun. Well, anyway, so um, I guess they decided to go with a different director and wanted to reshoot the pilot and everything. Well, I got fired along with some other people. And I remember um, I was just I was just like, this is not for me. I don't. Like this world is not for me, and so, uh, somehow it had gotten back to Ashton. And I was driving down Mahallen one evening, and my phone rings. I answer it, and he's like, "Hey, he's like Wags. He used to call me Wags. Wags. Does
3: anyone else call you Wags? That's such a funny nickname. That's a great. Yeah, name.
1: that's it's funny. The people on this show call me Wags. Wags. He- that's funny. He called me wags and he was like, Hey, listen, he was like, so I don't have a lot of time here. He's like, but I, I just want to, he goes, I, I heard about North shore. I heard about the show and he was like, I just want to tell you the story. He said, so when I moved out to LA, he goes, I auditioned and I booked two shows. I'm like, where's this going? Cause this is not what I want to hear. Um, he was like "I booked two shows. One was a comedy. One was not. And he was like, I couldn't make up my mind which one I wanted to do. It was really, really hard for me. Mm -hmm. He was like, so the people, the studio in which had the drama told me, they were like, look, you're not funny. You're not funny. You're never going to work in comedy. This show will make you a star. And he was like, I felt in my gut like what I wanted to do was the comedy. He was like, so I wound up doing it. He was like, although I was really afraid after I talked to all those executives at that big network, he mm-hmm. was like, they made me feel like I was making the wrong decision. He was like, but I I had to go with my gut. He was like, that show was that 70s show, the, the wow, comedy. Yeah. And he said, so my point of telling you this, he said, is that sometimes the suits don't know what they're talking about. And he was mm-hmm. like, I hired you because I saw something. And I think you should continue to do this and not go home. Don't give up. Mm. And wow, it was so and and literally that was it. And that was the and conversation. that's why you stayed.
3: And you need it to was include like, this in the holiday Polaroid card.
1: <laughs> I know. I well, he probably man. wouldn't even remember, but it was literally it was that nice. moment where, you know, I don't know if I would have left or not, but I was certainly feeling down on myself and kind of lost. And and sometimes it really. Sometimes people can, it doesn't always have to be an Ashton Kutcher or a big celebrity. Sometimes people can say things at the right moment to where mm-hmm. it hits so hard. And it's like, that's all I needed. That's wow. all I needed to get me back on track. Yeah. And he probably doesn't realize that he did that for me, but he did that for me and I'll never forget it. Aww. Like, And I try to do that for people. I try to remember what he did and I try to do that from time to time for other people, other young girls, other young actors mm-hmm. that may be in a similar situation, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. When it's warranted, right? When it's warranted.
3: You know, you do come in with such gusto and such confidence externally, um, just that looks like, you know, that looks like it comes from within. And I know it does, but it's, it's, it's I think it's always fascinating to hear these stories when it's like you you didn't feel, that you belonged or that you like that, that, that was, that you were contemplating going home and, and feeling that, you know, of course you're going to feel the roller of a, of a show not going forward. And it's, you know, I, I did a show on HBO that did six episodes of a dark comedy and then they didn't air any of them. They had the whole Um, thing in the can. Yeah. My first show. And it was with Lily Tomlin and Gary Cole and, you know, these like comedy giants that I would have had a very different career. And, um, I just thought shows didn't air <laughs> because then Teen Wolf <laughs> took it took a year and a half from the pilot to airing. I was like, Yeah, I felt like everything was a short student film because I was like, oh, oh no, like I so I never actually connected anything to from airing. And to this day, when I look at a scene, I'm like, oh, that's when I took my dog to the vet. That's when like I think yeah. of so much of my life memory. Um, that sense memory connected to my life at that point in, in that project. So, you know, the 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 airing portion, I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah, that happens, and so you know, like producing this podcast. I have to go back and watch, you know, listen to the episodes, you know, make sure everything's sounds okay and and flows, and and then now rewatching the show. And so I um, it's just interesting to hear that uh, you know this business obviously would get you down from a sh- show going forward, but just you just have such an air about you that is so particular. You remind me of my stepmom because you would think you're from louisiana like they, there yeah. is something so cajun about you <laughs> like have I'll you think been that is a massive compliment. oh it's a massive compliment because yeah. i mean she's yeah. a boatload of fun tons of confidence can totally take a joke but then we'll get serious real fast and be like this is what you need to do here's your garden light. Yeah, you know it's like there's just a lot of centeredness around all that fun and so and so you guys have a very similar
1: yeah. That's an interesting way to put it because that's the way I feel inside. I feel mm. like there's a strong root system in myself. And I think that's where the conf- the confidence comes from my family from a very from the time I was born, making me feel like it wasn't like, oh, you can do anything you want. My dad was just like, go do it and fail. Mm. Just go do it and fail. see what happens, yeah, you know what I mean? There wasn't ever like, well, you're gonna do everything perfect. It was just this sense of realness and genuineness mm-hmm. around everybody that I kind of grew up with within my family, and there was no sugar coating there was just it was just like, look, Jill, this is how it is, and I think i I loved that, and I had such a good childhood because of that that I've modeled myself around that. And it, and, and it just naturally comes right. I'm so grounded. It doesn't matter if you put me, I always say this, it doesn't matter if you put me in front of the United, uh, the president of the United States or at a biker bar, I am going to be the exact same person because that's just who I am. I, would totally I can't believe that, you know, yeah. and I think that's where confidence comes from. If you are who you are and you're comfortable in that, there is no other way to be, but confident. And that doesn't mean cocky. It doesn't mean, it just means mm-hmm. you're settled in who you are. And I think that's a beautiful thing with people. I love seeing someone who I'm like, that's,
3: they're being authentically them because mm-hmm. you can tell
1: they're happy, you know?
3: I just love seeing that like in this business too, because it's, it's something yeah. that can be such shaky ground. And so to see deep roots and people with a very particular flair coming in that's genuine is, is like what this business needs. And like, how did wipe out? Cause you are so smart, Jill, like so smart. And I remember thinking this, you are though. And I don't know if you knew it, but you were, because I remember you and Ian were like best friends, you know, for so many years. And, um, Mr. Peter Hale, Ian Bowen himself. And it's, and I remember thinking like, this girl's got it together. You always had a fun, good job. Like you just figured it out and you paved such a particular path for yourself.
1: It's It was a very particular, like, I still look back and I'm like, I don't have like, it's such a weird career path, You're but, smart. It was, it, but it wasn't thought out. You know what it was and you said it, like it was all about fun. And I hate to like, I hate to like kind of dumb myself down. Like no, that, it's but not. I, it's I, not dumb at all. Like life is way too short. mm -hmm. And when things for me stop being fun, like I'm not out here to win any awards. I never have been. I don't care about any of that stuff. What I do care about is from day to day when I go to work that I'm, I'm fulfilled and I'm working around people that are good people that I love, that I laugh, that I have fun stories. I mean, all of that means so much to me, like the actual process. Even the, the final product, like, oh God, i probably shouldn't say this out loud, but I'm going to the final product doesn't matter as much mm-hmm. as the process to me. Like mm-hmm. this is my life. The product mm-hmm. will live on. Yes. But this is my life now. And these days, every hour that I spend with these people mm-hmm. and, and these conversations, and I've had some really great de- I had a, I went to lunch with a, a fellow castmate today and we had this super deep conversation um, in which I'm like, wow, I'm so glad that I can, that I can share this with people. You know, it's like, it's just such a beautiful thing that we do. And, and I'm sure other people have it. Look, I love interior design. Like I would totally go off and do that at some point. And I might, I don't know. You know, I think it's when we start to say, okay, I have to do this and this mm-hmm. has got to be the next thing. That's when you'll fail. It's when you are like water, when you let yourself flow and kind of go in between the cracks every once in a while and flow off to the right or the left and just, just do it, you know, just go where, where life takes you and don't always fight it. You know,
3: I'm really proud of you did this from like day one. And I, and I noticed that on Teen Wolf, because you get a lot of um voices in your ears saying like oh don't take that show or take you know it's trying yeah. to carve a certain and I'm like and I finally it took me it, I did not it did not come naturally to me where I felt so much pressure and um in the last couple of years I've said no I'm gonna go exactly where I want to go I love interviewing people I have seen every episode of Oprah uh
1: and you're I, great at it Holland you're, oh, you're so, so good at it like oh, you're, you're really so good sweet. I've been on a lot of podcasts is I'm sure you have but it's uh it's something very comfortable and it's a world I can tell in which you feel very comfortable
3: and so that like lean into that and
1: which I know you do because you're you're doing it you know
3: it's been, it's been fun that, you know, but you were one of the first people I thought of and, you know, I don't get to obviously see you, you know, on a regular basis. So like, I, this is, this is my platform. I was like, Oh, we get to talk to everybody. That, I know this is, I would have on. done this
1: even if it's not a podcast. <laughs> I would have just
3: done oh, this. Like, I'd be like, Hey, Jill, just catch up with me. Get up. <laughs> was Wipeout so fun when you hosted Wipeout? Like, did you audition? Like, how did that happen? That's
1: an even crazier story. Like, I am fascinated
3: um, with Wipeout. <laughs>
1: So, so it was, um, yeah, so I had done, I was a spokesperson for a car for like six years, um, for, uh, it was, um, Mercury. So, uh, I had all these Mercury commercials going, well, apparently the creator of Wipeout, Matt Kunitz, he saw me on these commercials and he was like, oh my gosh, she would be great for hosting the show. So I was just like, what is happening? So Ken Linder, which is a a big hosting agent, like the, like a really big guy in the industry forever. Um, He contacted my manager and was like, Hey, I think, you know, your client would be great for the show. Well, I turned it down. I was (gasps) like, I was like, I'm not hosting. I was like, I not because I thought I was too good or I didn't. I was like, I don't know how, I don't know why they whack wow. me. Like I was thinking like Joan Rivers and like, I can't do that. I was like, no, I can't do that. I was like, no, I'm an, I'm an actor. I can't host because I don't know how. Well, I said, no. So anyway, months go by. And then I'm at my grandma's house in North Carolina and my manager calls me. and was like, look, um, like they're calling again and they really, really want you to just sit down and talk with them and all that. And I was like, look, I was like, I am not flying my ass by. I'm at grandma's house. I'm like, if anybody wants to come and see me, they can come out to grandma's house. They did not come to grandma's house. So they did. They had two camera guys come to my grandma's house. My audition was me auditioning my brother and his best friend that I was just like, okay, you've won Wipeout. Like, what are you going to do with the money? And he's like, buy diapers. I'm like, what the (laughs) hell are you talking about? (laughs) What? You just have a kid? (laughs) Like, no. And I was like,
3: my diapers. He was like, well, I was nervous. I was like, <laughs> he was nervous. Diapers is what comes to mind. He was
1: like, uh, well, I got twins on the way. And so di- I was like, wow, you really went there with the whole acting thing. Um, But yeah, so that was my that was my audition. And I had no clue what I was doing. Like you talk about I, I didn't even know how to hold the microphone. I was trying to do it like I was like, OK, so like as if I was like, you know, a character, like how, and I was like trying to hold it like sideways and cool. And they were like, yeah, Joe, we can't hear the contestant. I was like, Oh my God.
3: That's (laughs) so so funny though. That's how you got the job.
1: Yeah. It was saying no typical. I was like typical situation. And I actually had
3: no idea you had said no. I thought you had said yes. And you were like, sure. Wow. That's, that's, I had no idea. Yeah, I said
1: no. And, um, and then they just kept on and he was like, no, I think that she's right for it. I think that she's right. And, and, you know, I have to say, and that, that has led me into like one of my life lessons when you're, when you're fearful of something, I, I think you should run towards it, not away from it. Now I don't mean like run into a pit of fire. Like, I mean, you know, um, gravitate towards Mm -hmm. your fears more because the, the more familiar something is to you, the less scary it is. Um, and that's just the fact, you
3: know, I'm obsessed with YouTube. It's my favorite thing to watch. And, um, there is a channel called yes theory. And Uh these boys say yes to everything, um, because they have this sort of slogan that says seek discomfort Um, Yeah. And so seeking discomfort brings a lot of joy in your life when you lean into something that has resistance. Yeah.
1: Well, because I think subconsciously you're like, I've conquered that, Mm -hmm. like whether you have or not, whatever it is, you know, it's like, okay, it's it's not as bad. Well, my dad has this saying nothing's ever as bad or as good as it seems. Mm -hmm. And I, I kind of find that true, except for right now. I'm like, no, dad this is pretty much as good as it seems and better (laughs) my situation right now that I'm, you know, with the show and everything, it's been way bigger than I could ever have thought. But, um, but yeah, I, I think that people need to remember that it's never as bad as it seems ever.
5: Hey everyone, it's Dean Unglert.
3: And Kaylin Miller Keys.
5: And Jared Haven. I'm I'm here. I'm here too, guys. Hosts of the new podcast Help We Suck at Being Newlyweds. Because I guess we just don't suck at dating anymore. No. I mean, you're newlyweds. I am not a newlywed anymore. Yeah. I'm curious if I sucked at being a newlywed. I don't think so. I mean, I I made it to the altar.
3: And I am so happy to be joining you guys. I can't wait to talk about relationships, marriage, and just everything in between.
5: It's about time we have someone smart join this podcast. It's (laughs) too long between us. This young lady's a broadcast journalism major. She knows what she's doing. I'm so excited to be hosting a podcast with my soon-to-be wife and, of course, my best friend, Jared. How's that going to make you feel working together now? You guys live together? We're together? Going to get married?
3: Yeah, it'll be interesting.
5: You think you're going to get tired of each other? Absolutely, yes. Be sure to (laughs) listen to Help We Suck at Being Newlyweds on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers
5: Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app,
0: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season, we're taking on WASP. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They
2: burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel, and unusual punishment.
4: After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi million dollar empire.
1: He he was trying to brand us, so we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment.
4: The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools.
5: They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a
1: really, really, unfortunately, effective way.
4: At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me and not just because I've already experienced it. Sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Now, how did teen wolf come around like did you how did jeff meet you how did you meet jeff did you audition yeah i had done a movie called
1: splinter mm-hmm. toby wilkins was the director um he, he directed and I... magic bullet your first episode yes yes so that's how i that's how um jeff found out about me because of no. Toby. and i was actually in my in my trailer uh, on wipeout on the wipeout set when I auditioned for Teen Wolf in my trailer, it was just like I was like, God, can this be more like high schoolish right now? Um, yeah. But you do what you have to, you know, and then send it in. And um, and Kate that Argent had was no sworn. idea
3: that's what, came from Toby Wilkins. Yeah, it came from Toby. Oh, he needs a Polaroid Happy Holidays as well. <laughs>
1: he knows it needs a Polaroid. Do you know what he's doing now? I haven't talked to him forever.
3: No, no I ha- I don't. I have. I, I feel like I'm gonna so- text him after this. Part of the podcast is like we want you know I feel like it's the tip of, the cast is the tip of the iceberg and then there's the rest of the company obviously and so you know yeah. makeup artists different executives the the casting director Wendy O'Brien will be would hopefully be on here and, and then yeah I am praying we get Toby on here um, yeah for, sure. for sure I'm
1: gonna actually text him he after should. this. I've not talked to him in so many years I'm just gonna say he popped up on your podcast and it's so lovely.
3: Do you remember your first line on Teen Wolf? And that's okay if you don't, but it is an epic first line running out into the street. You've just shot the. Uh, oh, it was like, come on! Yes!
1: come on.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. It was such a fun line. It was such like a rocky, like bad <laughs> moment to have as your first line on Teen Wolf.
1: I love that scene, the gun, the everything. I'm like, oh, like, can I just be Kate Argent without the murder? <laughs> without <laughs> I the murders.
3: The great thing about Teen Wolf is anyone who had this malevolent tone to them also was so likable at the same time. I mean, Peter Hale was a villain that was also very likable. I mean, how do you not like Ian Bowen, though? Well, how do you not like Kate Archit? You had such a likability to
1: that. No, I don't I know. Think. I think a lot of people didn't like Kate. Like it was funny is because, you know, you, you try not to read the stuff online because I'm like, Oh God, I know I'm the villain. Like nobody's there. And like people really get invested and they're like, you know, death to Jill Wagner. And I'm like, Oh my God. Well, I'm not,
3: I don't, I'm not really her. Like, <laughs> But I, I feel like you felt like such a, I know you were her aunt, but you felt like such a big sister to, to Crystal's character, to Alice. Yeah.
1: I loved that role. I love Teen Wolf. I think it's such a great show. It's an iconic show. It will be an iconic show. I mean, you guys, it, in an
3: essence, like grew up. Oh, we totally together. grew up. Yeah. I was a yeah. senior in college. Tyler Posey and Dylan were 18 years old when they, when they. When yeah. They I remember played.
1: they were babies, babies, just babies.
3: Yeah. And. You know, we we joke that like the fart jokes were right up till action on Teen Wolf because of of Tyler and Dylan, and to this day, that show trained me as an actor with like the night shoots, the wetness, the Uh, cold, the you know. But we had so much fun, and it was. I've heard other people go to other projects and big movies, and um, I think Dylan had a story where you know he was on some a pretty intense shoot and everybody you know that was kind of a lot for them and he was like what this is like a Wednesday on Teen Wolf like this is not a problem like we are yeah. all just very I guess well trained um because of that show and so I was yeah. always really grateful for it but had you ever shot a gun on screen prior to that like it was that the first time
1: yeah yeah on Blade the series I played okay that um, makes sense yeah Krista Starr she she had some some stuff going on <laughs> So you had some bad roles before, before Kate. Yeah. But I also had some like, you know, girl at the bar and Mm. neighbor and girl next door and those like, they don't even have names. They just have girl at the backstory was just
3: never showcased, but it was there. (laughs)
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you have to do, I think that's one of the things that I, that I really tried to do is to, Speak out things that are are built around a strong female personality, strong character, strong. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. actually, I probably should do the opposite. To be honest with you, because that would be way harder for me to to play anyone that is. You know what I mean? That that is meek and and um. I I don't know. I don't even know. I don't even know if I can do it. To be honest, you could totally do it. You could Uh, totally do it. I think you absolutely know, could but do it. My my character on this show is definitely on Lioness is definitely not that character. So and we'll get
3: to that, too. Um, your next scene is you shoot Derek. Yeah. you Remember this? And the what, world you, hated me. Do you remember your first crossing with with Tyler Hecklin on or off screen? Because you guys had a great chemistry. The fact that it was werewolf, werewolf hunter and like the sexual chemistry was amazing on that show with Tyler Hecklin. Yeah, I mean, gosh,
1: how could you not like you like those abs? Like, <laughs> I mean, it was just, you know, there was like eye candy everywhere. Um, It's weird. I didn't really like I remember there was a there was I think like Posey was having like some sort of a house party or something. And he was there. There wasn't like, I don't know, we were like, it wasn't like Ian. Like I was, you know. Oh my gosh, we're right, right, right. like brother and well, sister right Eklund away.
3: in the beginning was very serious. Almost, sh- I wouldn't say yes, shy. It was but very shy. Quiet.
1: So mm-hmm. that's what I want to mm-hmm. say. Like I felt like he was really shy. Um Very different so- man now. He's
3: now become very good friends to Ian Bowen, and
1: and yeah, very similar people. Yeah. 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 And they both become really good friends. And um, I try to keep up with both of them. And I'm glad they're on that show together. What is it? Superman?
3: Superman. Yes.
1: Superman. Yeah. Um, that was a really fun relationship. I, I wish it would have been explored more because there was just this love hate. You know, I, I think that Kate probably really still felt something. But she was just, you know, it's kind of hard once you kind of go down that road. You're just like, OK, I love you so much. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> like, you. you know what I mean? There's feelings that I may or
3: may not have had. But, it was um, it was fun that you guys like in that supernatural genre, you get to go there. You get to be a little bigger than life and, and have yeah. that. I love you so much. I'm going to kill you. And then there's somehow a little bit of a comedic sassy zing on the end of no, it.
1: Totally. Totally. It's I love so that about fun. Jeff's writing. There is that. There can be a comedic tone right in the middle of it, and I think that's what's great about your audience—is they get it.
3: You know are, what I mean? They, y'all are your audience too. You know, but I they're mean,
1: but they're there for it, right? They're they're there for it, and they they understand. And that genre is so um,
3: the, the fans are—I mean, they're so invested. Um, I just love I mean, that, like you know, yeah. Team Wolf never took it; always knew what it was. It never took yes. it too seriously, and I think yeah. all the personalities of of the actors involved in Team Wolf, we all got that too, and got the humor, and yeah. th- we were we were in on the fun, we were in on the joke, and so that's what I just loved about Kate. I just I wish I wish you had a bigger arc in the show because it was so fun having like the sass, just just like whipping around. Um, yeah, yeah. I, there was a one scene
1: where I loved it when uh, Posey was walking to the bat. He asked me where the bathroom was, and I was like, "Where?" you? Mm-hmm. I forgot what it was, but I forgot what the line was, but it was like, you look like a little lost puppy. And then like, just looking him down and he's like, oh my God, <laughs> it's like, you know, I feel like you're undressing me. I'm like, yeah,
3: it can happen both ways, huh? <laughs> uh, very, very appropriate on Teen Wolf. To, to, yeah. To, yeah, totally. I love when you ask him if, if he took anything from your bag and then oh, yeah. Crystal goes, no, I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, it was, you know, the fun thing about
1: Kate was there was always, you know, kind of a, a, a wink behind, totally. you know, you really kind of didn't know. I mean, she, I didn't even know when I was reading her. I was like, what would she getting ready to do? You know, you it was like she's she was kind of like, hey, look at my
3: hand while she's, mm-hmm. you know, magician doing she's the other totally thing. totally a sleight of hand. Yeah. Totally. You, you wanted to trust her because she was so. Evervescent and charismatic but then you just didn't
1: (laughs) and i think you know for allison i think there was a true i think there was a true love for her for her niece i really do Um, i I do but i also think that she was a little militant when it comes to like operation first um as far as if we're talking about you know the operation of her family and and what she was kind of called to do, or what she felt was her mm-hmm. duty, and I think she put that above everything. Well, and so did Chris um, Argent. I think
3: you guys did yeah. as a sibling ship yeah. that yeah. it was family was entangled in the mission. Yeah. And so it is family first, but the family was the mission. You're basically, yes. you know, the supernatural royal family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah know. No. the job all is right. the mission the mission is the job and and, and the totally. family is in the middle of all of that yeah totally. yeah yeah that's what I just there was never another chick that walked into Teen Wolf that had your exact flavor and that's what I loved about Kate wow. um it was just a lot of fun and
1: awesome. I had fun with you guys I really did although I was like oh my god like who, who am I I think. I don't know how old I was at the time when I went in, but I feel like I was like, God, these kids, these are babies. Like you guys were like babies. I'm like, oh my God. And am I coming in like this? You weren't,
3: no, you were, you were definitely in your twenties. You were definitely. I don't know. Yes, you were. Cause it was 14 years ago.
1: Yes. Yeah. I mean, it was, but it was was a long time ago. And Like looking at Tyler and Dylan, I'm like, oh my God, they're so young. They right? were young. They were
3: young. I was 23. I think Crystal was 25. Uh-huh. And and that was, you know, to play someone with her yeah. love interest, you know, because she yeah. was so young to play, to play opposite of Tyler Posey, who was only 18, 18, 18. <laughs> and then Hecklin was younger than me. He was 21 when he did team. Was, was he?
1: he? was 21 years old yes for some reason because he
3: has a five o'clock shadow he came out of the womb with five o'clock shadow that
1: is true (laughs) his uh, boy can
3: grow a beard in like one second so we went on a blind date actually uh hecklin and i did you know this you didn't know this. no i didn't know (laughs) this yeah we went on a blind date um how god how so we were i we i met him in college i was not acting yet and our best friends dated for two years
5: and oh my God.
3: yeah, and so I knew Hecklin at all our little house parties on the weekends and um, my best friend Mahalia of like still my best friend 20 plus years later. And she dated this dude that happened to be um, was a child actor or teenage actor, best friends with Hecklin. So we went on a date and um, no, actually, I take that back. I had I had just I've been acting a year because I was doing a cheerleading movie uh-huh. and he's very into his faith. I called him Christian abs because he worked out all the time. And um <laughs> I had I knew a chick that I thought was also Christian abs and she just I just felt their energies were so similar and I was like I think you actually should meet this chick I work with. And on, on your the date on you were the like date him
1: up with your Yes, I thought that is classic.
3: We were we were immediately like brother and sister. Right. And so um he is very cute. Somehow I don't that doesn't connect for because <laughs> you know when someone's so cute but you don't really see them that way and so uh yeah he's adorable he's, he's so handsome but um no all i saw him with was this this woman did it work out they, they did it for a couple of years yeah oh well, like two and a half years. well yeah you did good I had another couple my other two couples are married so so my track record's decent but, but i'm
1: sensing yeah. a tv show
3: matchmaker with holland <laughs> oh god no they haven't there's enough of those love shows out there <laughs> i will i will leave that to uh bachelor nation we're good or love island or whatever whatever the popular one is whichever uh, island we're on right now oh my lord um but anyway yeah so so Heckland is is such a special place, but I love that I loved y'all's storyline and forever the fence scene will be in my brain.
1: Oh my god, the abs, the licking of the abs. I think everybody came to set that day. It was funny. I was like, who I'm like, (laughs) I was it Posey or was Dylan or I forgot who all came, but I'm like, you guys aren't in this scene. You're not working. They're like, yeah, I wanted to come. The licking of the abs was scripted.
3: I think. I'm trying to remember if it was scripted. I don't
1: know, but I did it.
3: That's great. Oh, we have to like. I gotta ask Jeff if he if he can remember if they were scripted or not.
1: I'm pretty. I mean, gosh, that would be that would that have been a a real ballsy move on my behalf. But I, I'm not saying I I I wouldn't put it past you. (laughs) I'm not saying I didn't do it, but I definitely agreed with doing it if it was scripted.
3: Oh my lord, that's hilarious, and. Do you have any wishes that you would have, um, you know, there's only so much time in episodes, as, as we all know. Um, but what do you wish for Kate? Where do you think she is today? You
1: know, I just I just um, I wish I could see after the finale, like what happened, because she essentially kills Gerard. Right. Mm-hmm. Who is the big bad wolf. Uh, not really, but <laughs> probably uh, wrong, w- wrong. This is screams,
3: man. Yeah,
1: but I would have liked to have seen like what happens to her just like mm-hmm. where, where, you know, what happens? What does she do? Does she remain who she is? Does she get even, you know, more twisted down the wrong path or does she kind of come to and um, I-, I don't know, like, because I guess that was her that was her goal. Right. Yeah. So,
3: Your character is definitely one of those that I would have I would have liked a new chapter too.
1: Yeah. Just I think another chapter just to see like what you know where she is now. Um, I don't know. And I would hope at some point there was I think there are redeeming qualities in Kate, um, although, you know, she essentially killed uh, a lot of people. But I think there is something there. I, I just don't I would like to know what what Jeff would write, you
3: know you were the heart of this episode. And I so I wanted to have you on and I love for people to get to know everything else that they don't get to see and that we know about you. I love to showcase here.
1: No, that's great. I mean, look, it's funny, because when I did Teen Wolf, it was, you know, obviously, you get like a lot of the hate mail and you get people like, ah, oh, like, hate Kate, but I don't think they really the people that know me are like, Oh, God, yeah, no, you're just like <laughs> you're not like that. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not mean. I don't kill no. people. Like,
3: <laughs> like, I think I'm the not. sass that that swaggers, fun For sass. For sure, we
1: got the sass. swagger. Definitely, the Wags.
3: Yeah, that's-, that's such a good nickname, man. That's great. <laughs> I love it. That's truly. It's like Kate Wags Argent. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so true. So you've done a lot since Teen Wolf. You moved to Tennessee. Yeah. And and what's life been like for Joe Wagner in the last like oh, two God. Years? I
1: mean, I'm a mom, which I think is I uh, for me the biggest, greatest role uh, I've ever Your had. Your little mini me's. Oh my yeah, gosh. I have, have oh. mini me's and multiplied. Um, and I love, I know like, Army.
3: Army and Daisy. Yeah. Such a beautiful name. Oh, like well, thank I had you. never, I'll never forget when you, you know, in, in the world's photo album that is Instagram. I yeah. was like, that is a great name. How did you it's come funny, up with that beautiful name?
1: I mean, look, she, a lot of people were like, oh, especially people in our family were like, what in the hell are you going to name your little girl like that? And look, it for us, it was like, it's neither here nor there. Like, I, I don't care who says what, I'm going to name my kid. Like, it's my kid. I've never even,
3: it's such a genius name. I I think. Well, for us,
1: it was, well, thank you. And for us, it was, uh, I mean, just a little too much information, but she was conceived on July 4th. Oh, we wanted a patriotic name. And, you know, we were like going through all these names. And then I thought about the reason why I love David, um, my husband, her father. And I was like, because part of the reason there's a lot of reasons I love him. But part of the initial reason why I fell in love with him was that he was in the army and Mm. he was protecting. I just find it so for me, it it is such an attractive thing when someone is, puts themselves in the line of fire and protects someone, you know? And he was like, he was Canadian and he joined the U S army and he was like,
3: so I don't know. It just popped actually. Came it up. Just came to you. I love that you RV on the side note. I built a van oh, in 2020. Girl. Smartest thing you've ever done. <laughs> oh, I agree. I agree. I i lived in my van for 13 months. And, Great, that, it? and it was so much fun. The people you meet, the bonfires yeah. every night. Um, I met a lot of bike packers that mm-hmm. were like they had traveled across one had traveled across Africa on his bike. One did the Pan American highway oh. from Canada to the tip of Argentina on his bike or Pat, i Patagonia on his bike. Oh, and the stories I would hear um, were incredible. The, there were these like van meetups in the desert with like 700 rigs of like box trucks and military vehicles and ambulance oh trucks that had all That's been so converted. Cool. So, um, so I think that you, you and your husband might enjoy that one day down the road with your girls. We love it. I mean, I never thought that I was like that. I mean, I really? never thought
1: that I was like a KOA chick. Um, I was always just like I—I'd never done it. I never.
3: Wow, camp. you didn't—you didn't camp growing up. No, I didn't camp I growing up. Um, okay. So
1: when we started, it was there was something very romantic for me and my husband too because we started before we had the kids,
2: mm. and
1: there was just something that was so romantic about us just being in a car together, traveling, and then just finding these little places. Like, who cares where we pull? It? We'll just find a place to stay. And I don't know, it was, it was bonding for us. It was really a bonding experience.
3: Yeah, I, I am. I'm a big camper. So I, when I saw the RV on the road and y'all going up to Vancouver as a fan, I was loving that entire thing on it. I love Instagram. I social media has its pitfalls, but I love that. it I call it the world's photo album because you get to keep in touch with everybody.
1: Yeah, I agree.
4: Hey, dudes, I'm David Lasher.
3: And I'm Christine
4: Taylor, and we host the podcast Hey, Dude, the 90s called.
0: If you all are nostalgic for the 90s, we just wanted to make sure you didn't miss amazing guests like the
4: Brady Bunch cast reunion, the White Squall cast reunion with Jeff Bridges. We've got uh, Ben Stiller. We've got the lead singer of Counting Crows, Adam Duritz, Jerry O'Connell. We also had a Hey, Dude reunion so come join us on hey dude the 90s called
1: we have so many more great guests coming up so please come back and join us
4: listen to hey dude the 90s called on the iheart radio app apple podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts
0: mother's day is right around the corner and in true she pivots fashion we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers
5: As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner.
2: Jean. Eugene Fodor! Gene, we'll go
5: Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with.
2: So you write the books, Gene, and last on the business. I understand now, it's a wise man
5: who a wiser woman. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season, we're taking on WASP. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned
2: us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel, and unusual punishment.
4: After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi million dollar empire.
1: He was trying to brand us, so we were going to become the McDonald's of kid treatment.
4: The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools.
5: They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way.
4: At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me and not just because I've already experienced it. Sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: So what's next for you? on the horizon
1: yeah um i mean lioness will be next it's the my project that my husband and i oddly enough came up with this on our farm drunk off of the off of a, a bottle of whiskey and a bonfire and we came up with this this kind of idea for this show and flushed it out a little bit and caught Taylor Sheridan was actually my acting coach in LA. And no. I saw, and obviously, you know, Ian Bowen is still friends with him. And
3: I had no idea that Taylor was your acting coach. Yeah.
1: Long time ago when he was writing Sicario. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And I modeled with Nicole a little bit. So mm. I, I kind of knew his world, but we weren't, you know, his wife, Nicole. So I, mm-hmm. I, I wasn't like friends with him, but we, knew each other. Mm-hmm. And then I remember I called Ian first and I was like, Ian, so I have mm-hmm. this idea about the show. And I told him about it. And he was like, how many people have you told? I'm like, nobody. He's like, you need to call Taylor. <laughs> he's like, I think think he's really going to like this. I'm like, okay, can you give me his phone number? <laughs> oh,
3: I know. I know this story. And I was so incredibly producing is something that I would I've always wanted to do. And so I was really inspired by your story and your husband's story that you came up with and to I how what I guess how has it been to birth something together especially with the person that you love uh, it's
1: incredible I mean this is this is lightning in a bottle this is mm-hmm. a moment in time in which if you've ever had a dream no matter if it's in acting or if it's in mm-hmm. you know you're doing whatever you're doing it is catching that dream and multiplying it times a million. That is what this experience has been like. I mean, I, I just got to rap Nicole Kidman the other night, like screaming to everybody that's a rap on Nicole Kidman. Like for me, never in a million. Really, if, if you told me when I was 20 years old that I'd be doing this, I would have said, I'll bet you a million dollars. I don't, I would have bet against myself. And
3: well, it's a to testament have- to the story that you, Taylor and David, came up with your husband. Yeah. I mean-, I
1: mean, look, we my husband puts it right. David's like, look, like, you know, we're the we're the the seed, um, and Taylor is the sunshine and the plant. It's grow. I mean, he he has created this world in in mm-hmm. which I had this small idea, like he took it and I, I, I was like, how are we gonna do this? Like, this is gonna be really expensive, Taylor. And he's like, ah, it'll be fine. You know, um, but I was just thinking there's no way we can make this show happen, but that's just a testament to him and and the 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 trust in which uh the people over at Paramount have with him because they know he's proven, right? He's proved yeah. himself. He's, he's amazing.
3: I know from Ian the storyline. And I'm smiling because I love documentaries. Um, there's a place you and your husband need to check out Mountain Film in May. Every okay. may tell your ride. It's an outdoor um documentary film festival with mountaineers and different sports. And they have okay. social impact documentaries. And there was a documentary that touched upon this story about uh-huh. salons. And uh particular, I don't want to give too much away because I, you know, this is this right. is you know, y'all story, but I'm smiling because it was such incredible IP and I love real stories and real stories that aren't getting its day in the sun. And this story gets its day in the sun about the kind of information you were able to collect and where you were able to collect it from. And I just love the story.
1: I agree with you. And I think for David and I, it was so important that, um, we're, we're very patriotic family. I can't come from a family of Marines. My husband is currently in the army. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but more than that, I wanted to create something in which I felt like this group of women, no one knew about mm-hmm. and me going to Afghanistan myself and talking to a lot of women that are over there. They're just, I'm like, you guys need a You need a moment. Like you need, you need a round of applause. You need a, you need, I want this show. Like it's really important that everybody loves it, of course. But for me, it's super important that the men and women of the military watch this show and they're like, hell yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, like finally. And I think if anybody can do that, Taylor can do that because since Sicario, has not really written anything quite like this. And I know Sicario, especially for me and my husband was like one of the best movies. incredible movie. Um, so I'm just hoping that we are able, me and, and David are able to give back in, in the way that we know, because I'm like, look, I can't do anything for the military. I don't, you know, but I, but I am in film and TV and I'm like, what can I do in my world to give back? To these people and if i can entertain them a little bit and make and like maybe up recruitment a little bit you know like help with recruitment because once you see this as a woman you're going to be like i'm going to join like there's mm. just there there is something so amazing about these female characters that he's written i'm excited they are so when i say badass it's not even like that's not even the word like it, it's they're explosive They're explosive and he's written them. And I was just like, nobody can do this, but Taylor Sheridan. And thank God he said, yes, because I don't know what I
3: would have (laughs) done. Well, I get tingles because I mean, this is truly a track where I'm sure you can see this on a macro scale in your life, but it, it was lightning in a bottle, but it's also opportunity meets preparedness. And you've always put yourself out there and lived your best foot forward. And I think that it's now life saying like, yeah, you did, you know?
1: Yeah. And it's the hustle, right? Like it's, it's the hustle. Like I've always hustled. And that Mm -hmm. conversation that I had with my husband in our backyard with the bonfire drunk, we had that conversation and my husband was like, well, you know, I was complaining. I was like, well, I really only get to play the girl next door and I have something else in me. And I was like, I really want to play a woman in the military. I feel like, you know, with my dad and with him, and I was like, I want to pay homage to these women and you know he's like well why don't you just write something i'm like i can't write anything and he said well look your husband is in the army why don't you ask me some questions <gasps> so all of that happened within probably like there was god we stayed up till the sun came up of just talking about his experience and what he had seen overseas and one of the things he said was he was like you know it's interesting because some of the most impressive people overseas to me when when i was over there were women. And he was telling me about their stories. And I'm, I'm just like, this needs to get told. Like, I didn't know at what level it needed, to, you know, but I was just like, something needs to happen. And so uh, the next morning, hungover, very hungover, <laughs> we proceeded to write this like, really awful treatment, but kind of like, starting that ball rolling. And then like I was just like I'm not giving up on this like this is and I think it was less about my career then and it was more about my desire to do what I felt called to do for the people in the military who have given so much and I was like you know what I should be able to give a little something back and I felt called to do it I felt like this this energy within myself and I feel like when it comes from the heart and it comes from that mm-hmm. space mm-hmm you it's like you it's gonna happen like you can feel all that though
3: like I'm you know way out in the nosebleed section of the stands watching the story you know and I can feel it I'm just so proud of you guys I don't really get excited about tv shows but I am so excited because I'm such a cheerleader from every angle of how this was incepted for knowing you big fan of the other actresses but this story is so exciting.
1: Yeah, it, it gets really good into like Taylor. Like I said, he took this little idea that I had and he ran with it. And if anybody has ever watched any Taylor Sheridan shows, they know that it it is very complex it's very kind of it it just weaves in and out of this place and then oh my god we're over here and then but it's it's like so nicely tied up at the end but but not you know it's it's just and I'm not even in it that much but um getting to be on set and and learn as an executive producer Mm -hmm. and like learn from the best I think that's invaluable to me and getting to share this experience with my husband is like Magical, it's it's so special to us. It's such a special project for us.
3: Well, I hope your husbands enjoy the process of TV making. He
1: thinks we're all crazy. He's like, you guys are crazy. He's like, where is the schedule? Because he's military. He works at the Pentagon, so he's like, where is the schedule? Like, like, how can you just change things like this? I'm like, David, oh my god, it. Like you, you would be an awful actor. He cannot roll with the punches when it comes to scheduling. He's like, how can you guys just go the night before? And it all changes. And I'm like baby weather, weather. Uh,
3: <laughs> he's getting a crash course. That's for sure. Are your babies able to be out there with you? Or are you going back and forth? Uh,
1: no, no. It's such a, it's such a sad thing for me because um, David actually did make it out. Um, he's like I said, working at the Pentagon right now. And so he was able to make it out for a week to see me but I've really kind of been on my own on this portion he was in Baltimore the whole time it was great because we were walk working in Baltimore and he's in DC so we were able to see each other almost every day but um this has been it's been bittersweet because I want to share it with him and and to my girls I like I can't even
3: you will it's you know. in due time, He will. I'm just so excited for you guys. And oh, yeah, I could ask you a whole other slew of questions, which I might do off camera at some point. <laughs> I truly am so excited. You're the one that had the seed with David to tell this story. And then you connect it to the storyteller that could blow it out of the water. Like it just I'm really genuinely ex- I don't get excited about TV shows but this topic is so, I'm so I'm not surprised the talent came calling because the story is so fascinating. Yeah, I, I mean we have
1: Morgan Freeman, in which I was like, the voice of God is here. <laughs> like we have God on our show.
3: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm really not even that surprised by the talent because I, I again like I I love IP, I love true stories, I love nonfiction, I love historical fiction. So I'm just, yeah. as a fan, I'm already a, a pre-fan of this topic. I'm very excited. And I'm so excited that you are the center of it because raised by a Marine, I had no idea he was Canadian. I think on some level I did, but the fact that I didn't put the two together, that he joined the U.S. Army as a Canadian is wild to me. So, yeah, like he had to, he was
1: a, he was a special agent for the Air Force, um, OSI officer. It's kind of like, it's like kind of like CSI a little bit, but he was, um, yeah. He had to renounce his can- Canadian citizenship and and all of that, and it was just yeah. a yeah. So he is fully fully American.
3: <laughs> oh well, Jill, you're so sweet to do this, dude. You're so so sweet.
1: I love you for thinking of me, and I will do. I will follow you anywhere. I you just let me know, and I'll so and sweet. I'll be there. So well,
3: if, if you want to come back for another episode, we'll do another Jill episode. But uh, for you sure. know, Kate Argent, we're just really grateful that you came on because Kate. Kate could not be not discussed in this show.
1: Yeah, Kate lives on. She's in Mallorca somewhere wreaking havoc.
3: <laughs> well, thank you, honey. I appreciate it. I appreciate I it. I love you. I love you, honey. I'm congrats. I'm really proud that it all came together. Thank you. I so appreciate it. I'm, I'm really excited to just see it all. And I did my first Hallmark Christmas movie last year. Oh, God, I saw that. And, and so... I was like,
1: wait a minute. I even texted Ian. I go, is that Holland? Yeah.
3: I was like, is this yeah. Holland? Yeah it was so fun. It was so fun.
1: I, what I love about them is because I'm like, you're in people's homes at Christmas. I know that it's like, this is the, the opposite of the, the one Jill that everybody knows, but like, there's a very soft side of me and which I, I love that my daughters can watch those movies. And I love that they're sweet. And I love that they, you know, that, and I have to like Tell something on my husband, like he watches them.
2: Aww. David
1: has been up at five a.m. before, and he will have the Hallmark Channel on, or he will have GAC or whatever it is, and he will be looking mm-hmm. at those movies. And I'm like, those aren't my movies, babe. He's like, well, I, I know. I just had him on in the background. I'm like, oh, oh <laughs> like, you were
3: watching. My stepdad's a massive fan of of all all things all things homework to GC so
1: there's so, really something sweet about a man who mm-hmm. like I don't know I find it so sweet and I'm like I love that person's soul oh I'm literally going from this to shoot a Christmas movie so oh. it's gonna be like okay <laughs> readjust I was gonna say like,
3: reset mentally yeah like yeah.
1: it's not Bobby but it's funny because it's actually one that I sold to to uh GAC and it's and it's military
3: based. Oh, that's fun. Kind of. That's fun.
1: Yeah. So I'm like, maybe I can keep my hair. I don't know, but I might have to, I may have to throw in a wig. But it is wigs, um, or
3: you can keep it. it. Doesn't matter. You know, it's like, yeah. You get to, I mean, yeah. Look,
1: not, not every, you know, girl has to has have to long help. hair. So congratulations on the Teen Wolf movie. I know it did incredible right. for Paramount Plus. Um, so let's just Thank keep you. doing wonderful do things, things for that network.
3: Well, I look forward to Linus, man. I'm so excited. Honey, be well. I love talking to you. Thank you, sweetie, for coming on. You're so sweet. Kisses. Love you. Bye, Bye. y'all. Thanks. Thanks for listening, y'all. Follow us on Instagram at Howler Back Now Podcast, and make sure to write us a review and leave us five stars. We'll see you next time.
0: Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion,